0: Plus the fact I hang out with you, so you gotta be a good guy (laughs) if I'm hanging out with
1: you. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walls are Motor Group, Walls.com and Doug Sprinthal.
2: Nissan News. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville, Nissan of the all new twenty twenty one Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade.
3: It's been a dream of mine to be like
0: Andy ever since he was born.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, house of J Lo and the house of Dan Rush. Tell them Andy sent you.
0: Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Start me up.
4: What? Oh, so, you're in a better mood? Things went well on the morning show, I'm guessing? No, the
0: morning show was fine, except for, okay. like I said, uh, well, let me run this by you guys. See if you wouldn't be frustrated as well.
4: Frustrated.
0: <clears throat> so on Friday, let's I had say to deal...
4: psychotic. Would you be psychotic over this? What? What?
0: Um, so anyway, so on Friday, I'm dealing with a couple of corporate people that just don't do their job. They don't check their work. They don't do their job. They just don't do that stuff. So all day last Friday, I was dealing with their f ups and their mistakes. The whole day on Friday, I had to deal with that, <clears throat> right? So it's supposed to be my time away from the company. But anyway, I dealt with that all, all Friday. So then they they deliver my wife's birthday present yesterday, but didn't bother to tell us that they had delivered it, didn't knock on the door, didn't ring the bell.
4: As a matter of fact, I had checked online <coughs> just that day, and they said it wasn't going to be delivered for another at least week or two.
0: A week or two. But then it showed up that night.
4: Yeah, no email, nothing.
0: Uh, he did not, or they did not, bring the box up to be under the covered area, because it was drizzling a little bit yesterday, if you remember. Not a lot, but a little. Didn't bother to bring it up by the front door and just set it there. They left it in the driveway. So I'm dealing with that. And I just said, why don't people finish their work anymore? I just went through this on Friday. I then sit down... <clears throat> And I'm gonna watch Twins classics. Your Minnesota Twins. I want to watch a little baseball. Yeah. Right.
4: Tis the season.
0: <clears throat> Tis the season. But uh, they, they ran the 1980 October 14th, 1987. I think it was Game Six of the World Series. I believe that's the one. The Minnesota Twins and the St. Louis Cardinals. Right, so I'm gonna watch it. Kirby Puckett, Kent Herbeck, Tim Laudner, Roy Smalley, Gary Gaetti. The
4: great
0: team. All the great team. You know, Bernanski, that a hole. But anyway, (laughs) moving forward from there, I look at the descriptor. Now, this is an international show uh, because digital goes around the world. You can watch Hulu in any country in the world, can't you? Pretty much. Well, probably not China.
4: I don't know. Mm -hmm. They have their own They have a Hulu version.
0: Probably <clears throat> they've got the Hawaii way or whatever it's called. <laughs> Huawei, yeah. Huawei—that's what it's what's called. Well,
3: that's something else, but yeah.
0: So I'm just finally I can just watch a Twins game and not be annoyed by somebody else's incompetence for once. I turn on the screen and it says Twins Classics, October Fourteenth, nineteen eighty-seven, the World Series between the St. Louis. This is on Twins Classics now. Remember. The 1987 World Series between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee
5: Brewers.
0: (laughs) Now, first of all, um, check your work. You put up the wrong team, uh, check your work twice because both those teams, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers, are National League baseball teams. It is not possible for them to play in the World Series because they're both National League teams. Why don't people ever check their work anymore? Why?
4: Okay, so you have been complaining about this forever violently for like at least ten years. So yeah, at least yeah, I guess what it is, it's just the new normal. and you're just gonna either have to deal with it or be constantly angry. Which is I better for your health.
0: We need to bring back consequences.
4: And where?
0: If you deliver the thing and dump it in my driveway and then I see you, I get to
6: punch you right in the goddamn nose. Isn't
4: going to happen. Why not?
6: Well, well, you're so unreasonable, Catherine.
5: <laughs> yeah, Catherine. How, how many
6: because times you're
4: you going to end up in jail. and no, that I'm and not. It will be the poor, downtrodden delivery
6: <laughs> d- yeah, driver true. True. that, you how, know. How many times do I have to say this? <clears throat> Tom, you're a saint for living with us. An I An absolute saint. I, I'm
4: you. trying to keep him out of jail, okay?
6: <laughs> oh, oh, your altruism, oh, your altruism <laughs> underwhelms me. <laughs> your altruism to keep him. underwhelms me.
4: And out of the psycho house, because <sighs> he seriously was pissed off about it for three hours.
6: That'd I really
0: would be too. Well, that's well, a long
4: time to hold on to They could have something.
0: stolen your birthday present easily, I looked and on, he did nothing to prevent that.
4: Well, that's not true, because if I never got the package, I wouldn't. I would not pay, I would figure, I would fight it through my credit card company or something. I mean, it was through Costco, so Costco should stand behind their delivery people. Yeah, I would agree. If somebody took it...
0: Would you ever think of doing that to somebody? Because I couldn't do that. What? I couldn't just dump somebody's package in the driveway and leave. Well, I couldn't do that.
4: You're not a delivery guy.
0: I would bring it up under the covered area in front of the front door. I would knock on the door, ring the bell. Nobody answers. There's nothing I can do about it. I have to leave it there.
4: I don't know. I've had delivery guys <clears> that are <throat> great. They, you know, yeah, If, if are, you yep. see them, they'll be like, hey, where do you want me to bring it? I'll bring right, it in for you. Right. Some of, And some of them are like, no, I'm only paid to do this. Or our insurance only allows us to drop it on the curb. Who knows if that's true or not. But, you know, it just you're never going to get. Great workers to do all jobs.
0: I don't know why. It's your job. Because you get paid for that.
4: Probably a delivery guy. It might be a temporary job.
0: You're still getting paid to do it. So do your
4: job. They probably feel like they're not getting paid enough to do well, the job.
0: Well,
6: then quit and get another job. And that's the, that, you know, in, in Japan, uh, the, the philosophy of work is all work is honorable. And you're respected for you working. All I work is honorable. I agree with that. In America... All work isn't honorable. Some is, is you know, yeah. the honorableness, if, that, if that's a word, is based on how much you get paid. Well, and
3: Japan if, is a like a community, yeah. and America is a country of individuals. Yeah. So there's a lot of. Yes. It's it's a different different philosophy. That's true. a whole
6: different philosophy your whole life whole different that's, philosophy that's and that's that's why that then so people get angry <coughs> they're not getting paid enough for doing some job that they they look at as being menial. Mm-hmm. Well, I and mean,
4: you, I, we also look at like Amazon where uh what's his face is going to be the first trillionaire if he is Bezos. not Bezos is already a trillionaire. And his workers aren't getting paid, you know, health insurance, they've got bad working conditions. It's like it kind of does feel like this guy's a trillionaire and I can't get
0: I insurance. asked about that, by the way. I said, Why is Jeff Bezos such an ardent Democrat? Of a guy who used to work with him, actually. <clears throat> and you know what he told me?
4: Is it because he takes <clears throat> advantage of the postal system?
0: Uh, and and he also, pays also loves off illegal immigrants to work. Mm-hmm. He loves that. Oh, well, yeah. Because you don't he... have to pay him anything. I know. So he can become a trillionaire by feeding off of people who are desperate. That's how it's been for decades. But see,
4: that's the whole thing. But but people are now so much more aware of this, probably because of social media. I hope so. I mean, that, to me, how do you go to sleep at night with a trillion dollars in your pocket when your people are, you know, not having a living wage? I don't get that.
3: don't care. He's probably a functional sociopath. Yeah. You mean like a most presidents? <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh. Honestly, I mean, oh, oh, I would not doubt ah. that Oof. most presidents are pretty high on the psychopathy Oh, there's index. no question
6: about it. You know, I think you look at it at like corporate. You look at it like corporate feudalism. <laughs> Yeah. You have this. You have all these people working for them, and they kind of own the property, own right. the property, Which is the the trademark, right? They own that property, and all these people are working uh, at you know whatever wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so certainly, they're not starving, but they're not you know, they're not getting a wage that you'd think. man, a trillion dollars. You know, it doesn't take too many billion. Maybe you could knock off you know two billion of that, and you know you know set up a fund and just you know pay the people better. Yeah, I, I agree you. with you.
0: So, you'd set aside $100, $200 billion to do that. So what, you, what you'll and see. you still have Well, another million. thing,
4: too, is if if they gave them health care, um, they, wouldn't they be able to write that off as an expense on top of it? I don't really know how that works. I think oh, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, well, he that's, doesn't
0: pay any taxes. Yeah, you know? that's, that's, and that's, they don't pay
4: taxes on top of it. He doesn't pay
0: taxes on it either.
4: Exactly. So, I mean, something's going on. That, people get paid off things that's what people are mad about and maybe the truck driver just is sick of this shit
6: we live in a I townhouse. It does not know. Like, oh, doesn't man, I I move know. I'm going to move over a little I'm bit here. I'm oh, just saying. Whoa. She, she came out of her chair, Tom. She came out of her chair across it, t- the I'm, table at you. Well, every,
4: every time I order something on Amazon, I hate myself a little more. I know. <laughs> I
3: know, I know. So, I've, ordered, I've been I, ordering a lot fewer things on Amazon. I know. I, like I try like, to do like,
4: Target because they're, yeah. you know. And
3: Walmart. Walmart is.
4: Walmart, I don't do because I don't think Walmart pays their people all that well. I have
3: bought one thing in my entire life from Walmart. Oh, wait, well, as of our honeymoon, a couple things because Walmart is literally the only place within like 200 miles of where we went. But before that, I bought one thing from Walmart in my life, and that is cinnamon, Pepsi. Cinnamon, (laughs) Pepsi. Because (laughs) they're the only (laughs) ones that had it. Didn't you hate it? It was gross. Yeah.
4: Didn't Walmart like try to go up against Amazon? Kind of. Well, they, it, they tried. Wasn't yeah. that, what yeah, was they that had called? Jets. What was that called? Jet. Was it Jet? I think, it was, I think
6: it was Jet. But if you if you search for something on the internet, a product on the internet, Walmart's um, Walmart's um, service will come up. Walmart's delivery service, virtual service, will come up. Yep. Their it store will. comes up. So, so they are entering into that, and they're just trying to they are trying to compete with mm-hmm. uh, Amazon, but you know. The the, the unions are going to come in, and if they unionize uh, Amazon, boom, problem solved.
0: This could be very cool. We'll take a break coming right back on the other side of the break. Steve Steve Stolier, raised eyebrows, my years inside Groucho's house. I'm going to love this.
4: I thought you were talking about Nancy Pelosi.
0: That too, yeah. a oh. raised <laughs> about six feet now, so that'd be good. In any case, we'll be back. Steve still here with us next to family. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always great to be with you, Tommy. Michael, we've talked before about the XCheck app at North American Banking Company where you can send money to your friends and family directly from
7: your account to theirs for free. I imagine people are using it a lot these days, huh? Beyond paying a friend back for the dinner you split, or paying fantasy football or golf side action, we've heard from our customers that they're using XCheck to send money to their grown up kids for a family takeout meal, or using it to pay the person that plows their driveway in the winter. Our customers love the flexibility of paying right from their account in just a couple of taps on their phone, wherever they are located.
0: I use XCheck, and it's just as easy as Michael says send money in one business day or less, and it's completely free get x-check by contacting any of north american banking company's five twin cities locations so why not bank with my banker that's you mike tommy thanks for the privilege north american banking company a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender as you know my friend mike lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow mike created the new giza dream sheets they look and feel great which means an even better night's sleep for me
4: Excuse me.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Our very special guest, Steve Stolier. The book is called Raised Eyebrows My Years Inside Groucho's Hearts. I, I have to warn you up front, Steve. You're being interviewed by a guy who's jealous, sad, everything I could possibly be, because my God, being around Groucho, what a dream come true.
8: You know, one of the best compliments I get. Uh, when people who read the book is, I hate you. (laughs) I I would hate me too uh, if I met me and hadn't gone through that experience because (laughs) at the time I was like the world's biggest groucho fanatic and all I ever wanted to do was shake his hand and thank him. Mm -hmm. And instead I got pulled into this remarkable atmosphere where i worked for him inside his house the last three years of his life and was able to spend countless hours of quality time talking with him and God. meeting his friends and people he worked with in the 30s and 40s and it just it, it, uh, i never took any of it for granted it never got uh, pedestrian for me so uh, I, I accept your envy and jealous in the
5: spirit in which it was
0: given <laughs> Thank you Steve, I appreciate that I am one of those guys, as a matter of fact Andy was the one that, uh, that called you on the, uh, just a couple of minutes ago to put you on the air Andy is our son, my wife is here uh, and mm-hmm. family, close uh-huh. family friend with us, Dr. Basham as well We just watched uh, Laurel and Hardy's The Music Box and Way Out West. I'm sorry, Steve, but you cannot beat that comedy of the Groucho Marx, Laurel and Hardy era. You can't do it.
8: No. And it's funny you mentioned Laurel and Hardy. Well, first of all, Groucho toured with them in 1942 on the Hollywood Victory Caravan, which was a bond-selling drive. They they were on a big train crossing America, and uh, he liked... Laurel and Hardy personally and then as an example of why people mistakenly think every every celebrity knows every other celebrity and everything about right. them. Groucho was once uh, pulled over for speeding and the, the cop recognized him and said, let me ask you a question. Why aren't there more Laurel and Hardy movies on TV? <laughs> <laughs> this, First of all, I guess insulting that he wasn't saying, why aren't there more Marx for this (laughs) movie, but the idea that because he was Groucho Marx, he would know why there aren't more Laurel and Hardy movies. Sure, absolutely. But yes, the stuff holds up well, I think, after all these years, except uh... you run into the politically correct crowd that have sort of retroactive political correctness
5: <sighs> where they say
8: why does groucho have to ogle those attractive women oh. and uh, i don't know i it's just it's inappropriate some of the that awful word inappropriate yes. but for those that can get past that and having black porters on trains and jewish pawnbrokers and all those uh... ethnic caricatures that were just a staple of entertainment for a century uh... i think the stuff stays remarkably fresh and in the case of the marx brothers i think it was a really seamless blend of of really intelligent verbal comedy when you have people along the lines of george s kaufman and s.j. perelman writing your material and then just the physicality there's you know harpo's pantomime and things like uh wallpapering esther muir (laughs) into the wall with you have this you know broad physical comedy uh and then this really clever clever stuff that separates them from you know the three stooges or the ritz brothers yeah and i think a lot of it stays really fresh after all this time
0: Steve, I will tell you something. I was a little boy. The first time I ever saw it. Margaret Dumont was in a lot of Marx Brothers films. Yeah. And she was at, uh, Groucho was a doctor in this particular feature. And uh, she says to Groucho, I'm not feeling all that well. And he goes, here, take this pill. She goes, why, that's a rather large pill. And he says, well, you're a rather large pill yourself. <laughs>
8: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to this day, well, it makes me the- laugh. It was a veterinarian in a day at the races who's called in to save the sanatorium that's run by Margaret Dumont. Wonder. The bad guys are skeptical of his credentials. <laughs> but,
0: uh, yeah. It's brilliant stuff. The stories. Is it true, Steve, yes. that Groucho and his brothers went to Jack Warner's office for a meeting? He wasn't there, so they started a fire in his office.
8: Uh, Irving Salberg. Oh, is that who
0: it was? Irving Salberg. Yes.
5: Okay.
8: Yeah, you know the 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 <laughs> character of the Marx Brothers on screen is that they're irreverent and they poke fun at stuffiness and formality. And Salberg was a very serious man, and he was he was very strict about money and time and all this stuff. But and the Marx Brothers just felt like. Uh, you know, we don't like to be kept waiting this long. We don't care who he is. We were big Broadway stars, and we were big stars at Paramount. So so uh, when he wasn't in his office, they went into his office and locked the door and roasted potatoes in his fireplace naked. <laughs> <laughs> he finally showed up again, and you know, to his credit, he appreciated the length they went to make their point and he didn't keep them waiting again.
5: <coughs> well, they would,
8: You know, people don't do practical jokes like that anymore because I guess, you know, they end up being fired or sued or it's frowned upon or something, but it's always wonderful hearing these stories that people would do these outlandish things to make a point, and that was certainly true of the Marx Brothers.
0: Steve, I'm sure you get asked the same questions a lot, but, but because they're so important in everyone's life, I, I sure. guess, that how did Groucho get away with saying things on TV that nobody else would have gotten away with?
8: I think because they weren't malevolent. Uh, he wasn't quite like Rickles, just, you know, tearing people apart right. and attacking their appearance and all that. Plus, you know, there was the smile and, and the, uh, the cigar and the wiggling eyebrows. And uh, I, I think they liked him going into it. They knew him from the film. Yeah. And so they appreciated it. Um, and it was never really, it was never mean-spirited. And it certainly was never uh, outrageous. I mean, if he said something that was at all questionable, it hit the cutting room floor before the, the thing aired. So you didn't really see anything heavy-duty, and people liked him, which I think goes a long yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve, it, it,
0: did, did it reach the air, the woman with the, I believe, eight children, when he referred to his cigar? Did that uh, make the air?
8: That, you know, it's an interesting story that, that I'll try to tell briefly. It did and it didn't happen. It <laughs> happened? How's that? <clears throat> yes and no. Uh, it when in the first season when it was only on radio forty seven, he had a fa- uh, a woman on uh, Mrs. Story from Bakersfield, California. This was told to me by Bernie Smith, who was the show's head writer, okay. and actually kept a log of all of the contestants, all the secret words, and how much money they won over the twelve years the show ran. And. She said she had 12 children, and Groucho said, Why do you have so many children? And she said, Well, I believe it's our purpose on... God's purpose on this earth is to have children, and I love my husband... And he said, "Well, I take a, I like my love my cigar too, but I take it out of my mouth once in a while." <laughs> now, that got a blast of laughter from the studio yeah. audience. Oh yeah! But of course, it never aired on radio. Uh... But word of it got out, so you get a lot of people who say, "I'll never forget that." I remember sitting there watching that. Yep. It's like, yep. you either have come to believe you remember it or you've heard it so often mm-hmm. the same thing with uh, dr rodale dying on the dick Cavett show right it never aired but people say I'm, oh my god i was sitting there and it's like no you're either lying <laughs> or you've come to believe it so the same thing with the cigar thing people will say it's apocryphal and it's like well it's in the sense that it wasn't on television and didn't air it's apocryphal but it was uttered and remembered but never saved in 1947. So that's the short answer to your question. Did they, I, yeah, it's wonderful.
4: Did they ever break up or have big studio problems, like it seems like everybody did back in those days, or still do? But
8: uh, break up? you mean amongst themselves? Yeah, did anybody or, say,
4: I'm going to be the star and go off and be... No,
8: That you know, it was interesting. They really, they didn't have ego problems that way. However, Chico, and that's the correct pronunciation of his Pronunciation of his name because he huh. chased huh. chicks. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, great many of them. Uh, <laughs> he,
5: wonderful. He used
8: to say to his wife, he used to say, Honey, they're just mistaking me for Harpo because they look similar without their wigs. <laughs> and then uh, he, he and his wife were waiting for an elevator, and the door opened, and a woman came out and, and stuck her finger in Chico's cheek and said, Hi,
5: Chicky (laughs) Wicky.
8: And after she left, Betty Marks said, uh, Don't tell me she thought you were Harpo. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) he was a compulsive womanizer and a compulsive gambler. I mean, it really was like an illness with him. He He would throw away good cards in a game just to make it more interesting. He would bet... Someone a hundred dollars, which of two raindrops would reach the bottom of a taxi cab window? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he he would go through all his money, and Harpo and and Groucho would have to bail him out. So that was a frustration. It was sort of an ongoing problem with Chico, but there was never acrimony like "I'm sick of working with you" or "You're you right. putting <laughs> us through this." I think it was. I think when they did break up it was just like they got tired of doing the same thing over and over again Um, I know Groucho said when he was doing a night in Casablanca in 1946 he's already 55 or 56 and Chico and Groucho Chico and Harpo were older than him and he was uh, hanging from an airplane and he just thought there's (laughs) got to be a better way to make a living
5: yes so
8: when Harpo went Mm on uh They would tour um, Vegas and different clubs and do music and comedy. And then Groucho wisely got rid of the grease paint mustache and grew his own, and that's when the whole second career of You Bet Your Life took over. So it was never an acrimonious thing. It was just like facing the music.
0: That makes total. Steve, do you you have a few more minutes? uh, Because our our, our time has run to an end, but we'd we'd love to hold on if we could. Sure. All right. We'll be back in like two minutes more with Steve Stolier. Is it pronounced Stolier? It is.
8: I was ready to correct you, but you got it right. And I had mm. nothing to say. A rare <laughs> I had nothing
0: to <laughs> Well, I have nothing to say. We'll uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> be, <right laughs> <back.
5: laughs>
9: be right back with the family.
0: Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me.
3: I guess this one's got a bit of build-up.
10: Yeah,
0: apparently it's a build-up. Steve Stolier, our special guest, ladies and gentlemen. You know, Steve, we've... Uh during the break there, we're sitting here talking about the Marx Brothers, we're talking about Laurel and Hardy, then we started talking about the Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. I do hate you. I want you to know that. <laughs>
8: thank you. Thank you. Again, I accept your hate in the spirit in which it is
0: hurled <laughs> at me. With
4: Best three. possible way.
0: What a great life. So this segment, if you have a few minutes, I'd like to hear about your experiences. And thank you so much for being patient with us about talking about, because... We're obviously huge fans, and it's very exciting to talk to anybody about Groucho Marx. Believe oh, me.
8: it's my pleasure. Believe me, I've got I got the whole spectrum of people's familiarity with the Marx Brothers uh, doing various radio shows and podcasts and so on. And initially, the publicist would just say, you're going to be on in uh, in Cleveland and at 4.30 a.m. your time, and uh-huh. I'd set my alarm and get up. And you never quite knew what the level of familiarity was and i remember one guy and i swear he was serious he said now let me ask you this which was the brother that played the harp (laughs) and i wanted Mm. to say take a wild guess i I was civil and explained the the names and all that so uh, it's a pleasure to talk to someone that that uh, loves and appreciates the Marx Brothers as we now rocket well into the 21st century. That was something else that, uh, you know, Groucho was born in 1890, so he was literally a Victorian. (laughs) Uh, I mean, she was was on the throne for another 11 years. Uh, They were all born in New York. But I came to appreciate Groucho not just because he was that man, the one with Margaret Dumont and Selma mm-hmm. Todd and, and all that cavorting. But he was this man from 1890, whose firsthand memories went from before the Wright brothers to after the moon landing, Jeez. which is just a staggering chunk yeah. of American history. I said to him once, uh, how far back do you remember? And he saw it a moment and he said, I guess the Spanish-American War. <laughs> well. 98.
0: Probably true. Even,
8: you know, as you might know, the Marx Brothers started off as a singing act mm-hmm. before they threw comedy into it. And Groucho actually was on the bill at the Metropolitan Opera House in New York. Uh, same bill as Enrico Caruso. God. And it was to raise money to help the victims of the San Francisco earthquake of 1906. Wow. He was 16. So, and it, I mean, he was this living link to the 19th century, plus knowing so many immortals personally. I mean, as friends, George Gershwin and Irving Berlin and James Thurber, And W.C. Fields, and you know, that that he, you know, we think of them in in black and white and two-dimensional, but he knew them as people to hang out with. So it was just, you know, I was 20 years old uh, and just a huge Marx fan, and I got the job by starting a petition drive at UCLA where I was going to college to put pressure on Universal to re-release Animal Crackers, which was caught in a legal snag, oh. and they didn't think there was any reason to spend money on an old black-and-white movie. But all my friends were Marx fanatics, and it was the great missing link in their canon. I mean, we, now we just punch a button, and there you can see whatever you want from YouTube or streaming or something. But back right. then, no one had seen Animal Crackers in decades. And uh, Groucho came to UCLA to uh, help us with our, I said, Groucho, I am very happy to be meeting you after all this time. And he said, well, you should be. (laughs) (laughs) Love him. Aaron Fleming, who was this woman that was like in charge of his life at the time, said, this is Steve Stoliar. He's trying to get Animal Crackers re-released. And Groucho said, did you get it? And I said, not yet, but we're working on it. He said, well, you better, or I'll fire you. Well. I, said, I didn't even realize I was working for you. <laughs> keep and he said, a little less than nothing. <laughs> a little less. So I, I like, had to keep pinching myself that I'm sitting there surrounded by students and the press, the cameras, uh, talking about this 1930 film of theirs, and realizing that I'm sitting with my idol. And uh, Universal finally relented and put the film out, and it broke the box office record at the UA Westwood that had been set by the French Connection several years earlier. It was extremely Mm -hmm. gratifying to see a long line of people in Westwood waiting to see this old Marx Brothers movie. And then I was rewarded with this plum job of working in groucho's house handling his fan mail and correspondence and organizing all of his memorabilia to be later donated to the smithsonian so i was like ankle deep in Uh. in personal photos and vaudeville stuff and annotated (laughs) scripts and letters and just an amazing amazing experience to go through at that age and meeting Bob Hope and Mae West and S.J. Perelman and Steve Allen and Jack Lemon and Zeppo and Gump. Zeppo and I dated the same girl. <laughs> She was 19, I was 20, and he was 74. <laughs>
5: so
8: it was a May, December of the following year. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> almost, I guess.
0: Two December, but I have little. that
8: distinction of saying Zeppo Marx and I dated the same girl.
0: <laughs> I think it's magnificent. I, I, uh, I tell you, Steve, one of the great memories I have of being, I guess, probably in my teens, late teens, early 20s, is watching Groucho Marx wearing the same hat... Go on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Those were some of the greatest TV moments ever.
8: Right. Carson and also the Dick Cavett show. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It was yeah. wonderful.
8: It's so great that they're available now either on YouTube or or DVD. Uh, again, as I say, now all you have to do is press a button and you could see them. Yeah. But it really, yeah, it was wonderful. It was Groucho in his 70s you know, without any real worries, comfortably set, just sitting there conversing in front of adoring audiences.
0: Huge audiences, as a matter of fact.
4: So they were set. They didn't have big, you know, you hear big problems with people stealing their money or the studios well, didn't pay Harpo, them.
8: Groucho and Harpo were okay, but Chico Chico died in 61, And he really, he went through everything, as quickly as he got the money, he went through it until the others were bailing him out. Mm. And Zeppo kind of picked up where Chico left off in terms of gambling and womanizing. Uh, He, he at one point, was married to Barbara, who divorced him for Frank Sinatra. Oh, Barbara, yeah, the very famous Barbara. In Palm Springs, where Zeppo and Barbara were living. So she dumped him for Sinatra. Well, <laughs> then he dumped her
0: for uh, what's her face? Uh, what the hoodie Sinatra did? did? Yeah, you know, who was he married to again? The young, much younger uh, woman. Don't. Oh, Movie. Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow. Years yeah. that was years earlier, though. That's right. Steve Solier, ladies and gentlemen, uh, S-T-O-L-I-A-R. Steve Solier. The book is called Raised Eyebrows: My Years Inside Groucho's Heart, uh, House. Groucho's house. Yeah. Hearth,
5: that, would have that was
0: me. <laughs> that was me. He's in my heart. You're in my heart now, too, Steve. <laughs> okay. Raised eyebrows, my ears inside Groucho's house, Steve Stolier, S-T-O-L-I-A-R. You can get the book everywhere, particularly on Amazon, obviously. Steve, we got to have you back on again. We need to talk comedy more often.
8: It was my pleasure. I'd be happy to ramble on about whatever you like, Tom.
0: Um, you're a good man. I don't hate you. I love you, Steve. I just want you to know I love oh, you, pal. <laughs> Now
8: you've ruined it. You've spoiled <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, sir. Have a good Bye. day. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.
0: Michael Bryant, Brad Sean, Bryant, what's the latest?
1: Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries.
0: And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if I'm hanging out with you.
1: (laughs) Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walls, Roto-Motor Group, Walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal.
2: Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade.
3: A dream of mine to be like Andy ever since
0: he
5: was born.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, house of JLo and the house of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you.
0: Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com.
3: Ooh. We're trying to figure out which one. Only
0: my son, the three black men in the room, would play the song, the White
3: Room.
9: (laughs) (laughs) Amazon Music played this song. Wow. Blame Jeff Bezos. People are
7: exposing themselves every day. Should we tear
9: the studio off?
10: Yeah, should (laughs) should you burn it down?
9: Is this where we Should we burn it down? Yeah. Yeah.
10: How great
0: is that that those songs come up? On a random basis, they yes. just, just You don't mm-hmm. pick them. I just hit play and
3: it and plays it, a classic, classic rock
10: White
9: room. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! And your new host,
10: right? <laughs> and your new host, you're to know. the family with Tevin Pittman and your host. Okay, very quickly, <laughs> I got to tell Alex
0: this before we we launch into what reality is in the world. Uh, uh, you know, outside of politics, Hollywood, and news, which is not real. None of it. This would be reality. This is the real world. But in any case, so we had everybody over for dinner yesterday. And this is one of the reasons why you should focus on living your life rather than, you know, anticipating COVID or, or riots. You know, the protesting part's great. You should protest. This is America. But so they're all leaving. Fawny just turned four last Tuesday. And she comes up to me, and for the very first time ever on her own, without prompting, <laughs> she walks up to me and says, Bop, Bop, I love you very much. Aww. And I will never forget that as long as I live. So that's,
2: that's
0: what I'm living for, you know. When you can have some kids
10: though. have a soft ass? Uh, no time soon.
0: <laughs> no, no time, time soon. soon. That, that you know of? <laughs> <all? laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. In any case, ladies and gentlemen, we are here for a very specific reason, because I keep reading these things in the newspaper. and seeing them on television and Hollywood giving money to rioters, not to protesters. They're giving money to rioters, which I don't understand. So we wanted to show you what real life is all about, that there are people out there in the world that have friends. And pretty much everyone in this room, if you're not related to me, you're my friend, and hopefully I'm your friend. That It's not about, oh, it's never going to get better. It's just horrible. Oh, my, uh, we're going to be separated forever. Here's a good example of what I'm talking about. Star Tribune, would you get somebody, get a white guy that grew up in the ghetto or something. you got to get somebody, right? Here's the headline. Riots arson leave Minnesota communities of color devastated. You know, the average dumbass white person that reads that is going to go, yeah, typical, once again, it's all about black people. Why do they do that to you guys, do you think? Why do you think the Star Tribune loves to to hold you up as a human shield? Why? Rashawn,
11: you got that look in your eyes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, let's, uh, let's get the ball rolling. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, this is yeah, this is the typical product. It like, is. like this is what, unfortunately, when does the Star Tribune talk about successful individual black people? Love it. Okay, it's all William and I ever talk about. And, all we talk and, about. And so, like, he admires we, me, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, as I as I, I told you, Tom like we don't talk about when black men are not a statistic it's it's not yeah. it's not celebrated okay black men are not a statistic when they hit 33 they they, they won't be ki- oh. sorry about that uh, no problem and so um so yeah they, like this is what is unfortunately expected
0: god i just really really wish it wouldn't like that uh william and i by coincidence this happened long before mr floyd was killed a couple of weeks we examined the success of people of color in America. Nowhere on earth are people of color more successful than in the United States of America. That includes black people, brown people, yellow people, red people, everybody. But in general, it's Spanish people and black people, right? right. Mostly mm-hmm. Mexican people and black people.
9: Uh, GDP, number eight in the world, correct? Num- number No, excuse me, correction, like... For Black Americans, it's uh, number fourteen in the world. Fourteen, yeah. out of 182 to 85 uh, uh, countries, and then uh, for uh, uh, Hispanics, it's uh, they're higher because their 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 GDP is. Uh, 1.5 trillion. Ours is 1.3 trillion. That's all so pretty close. So, though. but that tells you which way the uh, politics are focused. They're focused <laughs> on Hispanic <laughs> because yeah. 1.5 versus 1.3, we're dying breed. They're emerging, and so <laughs> they are. They pander to the Hispanic community. Pandering. Oh, sorry.
5: Oops, <laughs> <laughs> oops,
0: oops. It's true. That's what it is, is, pandering. We're Having a headline like that, communities of color devastated. I'm sure uh, people of all colors live around right. Minnehaha and Lake Street.
10: Right. Yeah, it's not like I live over uh, in that area that's just been absolutely devastated. And it's, there's just as many white people living in certain parts of that so area. So it's not just a it? black community thing. It's white communities are equally getting destroyed.
0: And I so the reason they do that, why do they do that? Because some people are, are going to go, oh, that's too bad. I better throw money at them. Or, oh, typical, it's all about the black man again. Some
9: people are
11: going to see it that way. Or could right? we say just people don't care about poor white people?
9: <laughs> Thank you. Whoa. <laughs> hey. whoa. Hey. hey, whoa. <laughs> we don't <laughs> want to bring that up dude. <laughs> Well, it's true in fact that's why started. martin luther king was assassinated because he started getting all the poor people it yep. wasn't about race it was about poverty. it was about poverty. and when he did that and all of a sudden when you look at the mass of people at that point they he was too dangerous to stay alive but as long as it was black it was okay so when he started getting all <laughs> the poor people together boom done that's amazing i want to throw another stat out at you uh, when you look at all minorities that reside in the United States of America, as a whole, we would be fourth in the world in GDP. See,
0: that's what I'm saying.
9: Uh, it's a wonderful thing, but nobody yeah. wants to talk in about that. There's in the no world, there's no better place on earth, on earth than here. So, uh, I take it for what, what it's worth. But the numbers don't lie. No, data they don't. Data, data doesn't, lie. doesn't lie at all. So I mean, You can jack the numbers
0: up, but uh, unless you produce after the numbers are jacked up, and it was produced. I mean, it, it, nobody, and again, I think it's wonderful. Everybody's succeeding. I think it's terrific. But I, I want to know, I've never seen that in the Star Tribune. I've never seen it on television. I've never seen it in the New York Times, the Washington Post. I've never seen those stats. Why would
11: they do that? To be a part of the team. To say, like, look, there's no other stories out there. You know, I was telling you. You know what? There's no sobriety high schools in the inner city. Yeah.
5: Right. So every year there should be bold
11: letters That's saying, true. "Hey, there aren't any drunk students in the inner city." <laughs> <laughs> but if, but That's true. <laughs> it's so true. It's but, true. They're in Eden Prairie. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and since and since this is not this is not a part of the status quo. Or here, I'll say it in a different way. Remember when Toyota. When people were stepping on the brakes and their cars weren't stopping. Right, yeah. But people were still going to buy Toyotas because yeah. they were 9 out of 10 the safest cars in America. This, These are the, the articles that you're used to. So let's take that then, and then apply it to this, that people are used to reading about stories about
9: poor black people who need help. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Versus. And it doesn't fit the, we don't fit the narrative. Right, you and right, I don't right, fit right, the right,
11: right. Versus the, this is how you can be successful. This is how an individual has been successful. The, the, I find it, I hear it is. I subscribe to the Wall Street Journal. They simply say, you know what parents are having problems with? A, keeping their dishwasher empty (laughs) because everybody's stuck at home all the time (laughs) 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 and then b there aren't enough even though disney plus has every single thing that disney's ever released Mm -hmm. digitally Mm -hmm. there's not enough content and so parents are now stuck watching having their kids watch the stupidest youtube videos over and over and then
9: rapunzel Okay. I'm sitting yeah. with Fawney about nine hundred times. <laughs> Every time we go
12: over to their house, <laughs>
11: just watch Rapunzel. And so, New York Times or Wall Street Journal is talking about how to manage your kids' YouTube and how sick it is, how how sick and tired they are of watching YouTube. Those simple stories about being a family aren't manifested in the Star Tribune.
0: And I just don't understand why Andy and Alex, you're young people, Tevin, you're younger than both of them. What do you think as young people of this? Why? Is it time to make the change and say, "Look, you need to start telling the truth in the newspapers, on television news, and in politics. At least tell the truth some of the time instead of never."
12: Well, my something that I mean, and maybe I'm extraordinarily ignorant, which I probably am in a lot of ways. <laughs>
2: oh,
10: eight but eight it's, it's really just a raising. <laughs> <category>. <laughs> it's,
5: it's parenting. It's parenting family. It's genetic. genetic it. yeah.
12: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but does. Do all three of you fear for your life every single day, all day long?
9: No, never. No. Yeah. No.
12: Because that's what, especially white people on social they're, media. They're telling
9: you to. Oh,
5: oh yeah. Th- oh, yeah.
12: They're like, every single, especially black men, can't walk in the street without fearing that they're going to get shot that's not true. or arrested, no, it's... murdered. <laughs> attacked by the kkk it's like is that true
5: kkk in minnesota well, that's, but
0: that's what people that's what saying. are saying i know saying. that's what they think and i'm like is, is, this, a tr- is this true is this true every
12: single black man fears for that every single day of their <laughs> no. life
11: a star tribune should go to a barbershop when they're open <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and 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 ask and ask the question that was just asked yeah uh, yeah <laughs> Because we'll find out that they're more afraid of the person who owes them five dollars at the barbershop.
0: Yes, <laughs> my favorite black barbershops. Muhammad
9: Ali, Muhammad
0: Ali, my ass. Joe Lewis. <laughs> I love
9: that. So much. The. Uh, I mean, you bring up a great point about fear. There's, yeah. and that's just not true. It's just not true. I fear. Yeah. I grew up in the Detroit riots in 1967, 67. and my, my father was a police officer, and i remember having you know laying on the floor at night no light you couldn't turn the lights on in your house they otherwise they would shoot them out you had to God. go in the house turn off the lights you operated in darkness that's a crazy feeling you look out peek outside and i was about i was seven years old so it's still fresh in my mind and i would see the tanks going down the street i would see the snipers on the building i would see the shooting it was just it was it was so devastating but in the end, Detroit still hasn't recovered from that 50-something years yeah. later. Mm-hmm. Think about that. And that's what people don't understand. You burn up your neighborhood, and when the Targets, when the Cubs, when the, you know, the, the holiday gas stations, when they leave your area, and they employ a lot of people in that area, people that walk to work, when they leave, it takes a generation or two to God. get them back. And that's what's going to happen. If the community doesn't rally around the situation and build it up quickly. Because the longer it sits there with burnt-out buildings, the longer it will sit there. And that's going to be the tragedy of all of this. The The people in the area will be left holding the bag while you're... Outside influencers, as they would say, uh, pack up the cars, trucks, whatever, and return back to where they came from. Mm -hmm. So, are you asking the mayor to double the size of the
11: third
10: precinct? (laughs) 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 Sounds like from where I'm. (laughs) 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 Back (laughs) it. It
5: really
11: is, isn't it? It really is. (laughs) Tom, can you tell us about? the fire on the north side when you were 15? I was 15, 1967,
0: same year that that William's talking about. Standing there as a 15 year old, I was with three of my friends, and we're just standing there and everything's on fire. I mean, everything's burning up, you remember it. Yeah, why? Why was it on fire? Because the Civil Rights Act had been passed in 65, and then there was some unrest down in Memphis, was it Memphis that was first? I think it was Memphis that was first. Uh, and the reason that I remember that is because my older brother, Terry, was in the Marine Corps, and they called in the Marine Corps oh, to stop that. Right? That was right. serious. Whoa! This is rather serious. So you see all of these things burning to the ground. I, I remember one thing very specifically. I'm standing at the corner. I believe it would have been Emerson and Plymouth, right right across the street from, you know, where Mickey's Liquors is now. Across the street, there used to be Kilroy's Cafe. This is where my, my mother worked. She was a waitress there. Right, and basically, as a little boy, I could hear her in the kitchen. She didn't know was She'd go. Well, another hooker stabbed a guy to death at the restaurant. And I'm like, Man. Wow! Oh, I was like,
12: oh, okay. Normal activity. <laughs> it was normal
0: activity, right? It was a tough area, but I'm standing there and I'm looking, and I heard the cafe wasn't on fire yet. I walk one block further down to Fremont, and I is it Fremont or Gerard? Might have been Gerard. I can't remember. But there was a store that had one of those little windmill things that would turn. It was like like a fan, only there, it would it would be like this, and it would turn. And mm-hmm. it said, buy black. That's what it said. So when it, it went around, it would just keep saying, buy black, buy black. And I looked up, and it was on fire. <laughs> I'm like, well, <"Wow." laughs> that's a little odd. The buy black sign's on fire. And then the, the whole thing, I was complaining about Dairy Queen. I can't find a Dairy Queen around her. It pisses me off. There was one at the corner of... of uh, Girard and Plymouth, right there. There's, it's an empty lot now. But it, it's a situation because of going down Plymouth Avenue now. Plymouth Avenue was bustling in the. Remember, I don't know if you ever. No, you probably you were in Detroit. You guys are too young. But in the 1950s and then the early 60s, Plymouth Avenue was the only way you could get to the western suburbs. There was no like Highway 12, I I don't even know, it was something I suppose, but the only way to get to the suburbs is go down Plymouth Avenue and go out to Plymouth, Minnesota. I mean that's why the whole thing went the way it was. Uh, Bustling. I mean I'm talking about grocery stores and and department stores and and butcher shops and bakeries, movie theaters, a bowling alley, Homewood Bowl, it was called, it was a couple blocks uh, west of, of Penn. None of that, as William already said, none of it ever came back. It, they tried for a little while. Uh, there was a little area. I think the University of Minnesota owns the building now. Yeah, it was a just, King's Supermarket? Absolutely. Yes. And then you know the uh, the liquor store there,
5: Mickey's.
0: Uh, not Mickey's. It was Randy. Uh, oh, there used man. to be a McDonald's. Used to be too. McDonald's down there, and <laughs> the White Castle down there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's all gone now. They're empty, flattened lots. Well, even going all the way down to where 94 is now, let's say just going all the way down to the river, yeah. yeah, there were businesses all the way from the city limits out west, all the way down to the river. Plymouth Avenue was bustling business everywhere. Things were wonderful, and then things got a little rough, which you know they could have improved on that. But none of that, as William said, ever came back.
12: Well, yeah. None now, anytime they try to bring anything in, like they've tried to bring a co-op into North Minneapolis, in and in the middle yeah. of. It. Getting built, it's shut down.
9: Yeah, on Golden Valley Road in Penn. Yeah, yeah. I I was just informed that my Dinky Town store window got shattered, even though it was boarded up.
0: Just now, oh, William, Jesus!
9: So now I'm pissed. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and now I'm, now I'm pissed. pissed Now I get to sit next to him <laughs> no, that,
0: That's not, oh, that's sorry not cool, that is yeah, not that's cool. Not well, we'll take a break real quick We'll be right back in about two minutes with the family Tom Bernard here and with me is the CEO Of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski Michael, a lot of people have heard us talk About community banking over the years We've been doing these commercials What makes working with a community bank so different for your customers?
7: Our business banking customers Honor us by sharing how we're able to help Them on any new project how we were able to quickly get them the funding they need when others in town can't do it. We do it by taking the time to get to know our customers and the challenges they face. When your business banks with us, you are not just another account number. One thing I've always admired about North American Banking Company is how your team treats not only me, but my friends and family that bank with you so respectfully. Tommy, thanks for making me look good, like my team does. As you know, I have a face for radio. We yes, take... you do. <laughs> We take pride in doing the right thing for all our customers and the communities we work and live. That's what we mean about being a community bank. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better
0: banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Dan Chesky is here from Dan's Southside Marine to talk boats in February.
10: 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want.
0: We're back ladies and gentlemen having quite the conversation I, the great thing about this is i have not heard these conversations before jb came on the morning show i didn't even know he was coming in he just showed up at the door <laughs> and i didn't know how to turn on all the microphones and yeah. stuff here, oh, so he couldn't yeah. he had to sit out there on yeah. his phone and you told him mute your phone <laughs> i got the message it was great but JB is devastated by it. JB, by the way, is one of the nicest men you'd ever want. Don't you think Absolutely. that JB is a hell of a guy, William?
9: Oh yeah, I've known JB for. He's a wonderful guy. I'm young and he's younger. But <laughs> you're young. <laughs> I mean, compared so to me, For a long doing. time. JB is yeah, compared to you. <laughs> no, JB yeah, is a great guy. He I used is. to. I, I, I got to be honest when when I first started listening to your show because my friend Tom introduced <laughs> right, me to your right. show thirty something years ago. I was like. Was like in JB's. Was uh, I was like JB. What's up? Like, why you sell out my people? <laughs>
0: <laughs> why you sell like, why out my people? Why are you on I this with it. this dude? I and love
9: it. Then I, as I listen to you more, I realize that uh, that uh, you don't see color, you see character. No, that's cool. exactly
0: it. I wish, I wish I didn't. Uh, there would, uh, you know. Let me just say something about that. I read, I read that, that headline that you know riots arson leave Minnesota communities of color devastated. These people don't know what they're doing there. I mean, they really think that's a good thing for, for black people to, to put that in the paper. That's how they think. Yep. I mean, they really do. They think, well, we got to do point out, we got to help. Even though they know this is not true, as Kevin pointed out already, they think they're helping black people. Uh, is that a college thing? They they let me into college one day and they said, you got to go. <laughs> 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 so that was pretty much the end of that.
9: Should have been a better athlete. Right. No, listen to him now. Ooh. Just saying, yeah.
0: just saying. He's from a guy, by wrong. the way. His entire athletic career, all he did was get in the way. Oh, Is that what offensive yeah. linemen do? damn wow. yeah, baby. Oh, wow. Come on, give me a hug, man. Hey no. I, I'll I I go, stick up for a very
9: goes, no. integral
10: part. To I'm not running around catching footballs if it's not for him <laughs> blocking. So I'll, I'll stand up for him. He, I like he it. No, I in the way. He stands up.
9: I, I think. I think that uh, they, Everybody wants to help somebody, and when you're when you don't need their help. They wonder what's wrong. Oh, good point. And so when they can't figure out what's wrong, they help kind of create a narrative that's saying, even though you are successful, you could still use more. Even though you do have a great job, well, you're not the president of the company. Or even, I don't see it because... Because the world I've grew up, grown up in has been uh, I grew up during Martin Luther King era yeah and so I, I happen to also have his autograph which is kind of nice. Oh God I, hate to throw that in there but yeah but I, it's uh, one of the things I want to collect for about 20 years and I finally was able to uh, get get enough down. enough of that to get one but <laughs> <laughs> enough of that to get one but it, it's, yeah. a, it's a narrative if you don't fit it, they'll they'll create reasons why you you should like like i I don't get it i don't understand i grew up poor in detroit i played football here i got a job i worked hard i became a stockbroker against all odds i was the only black stock i was the only black lineman i was the only black stockbroker i was the only uh i mean i've been like the only Mm -hmm. black person doing what i do because I chose to take a different path. Right. I didn't. Well, I, it, somebody told me a long time ago: if you if you want money, be around money, understand money, and so that's what I did. So I became a stockbroker, and so I went into that field. And I mean, I've been called everything, Uncle Tom. You forget they don't realize the history behind me. It's a, but I don't. I don't lean on it. And no, poor me. The, you just you open the door, I run through it. And so I'm. I'm. Not, I don't fit the type of. Of uh, stereotype that they want. Right, oh, God, because yeah. Because I don't need anything, just show me the, the way mm-hmm. and I'll go get it, right? Uh, and so when that doesn't happen, you, you get ostracized, you get uh, criticized, uh, you get uh, shoved to the side. What, what a lot of people don't know is that we also employ over 200 people in the communities that, where our businesses are. And we don't make a big deal out of it because our mission from day one, we were doing fine outside of, you know, the two businesses that we're in. But our mission from day one is how can we help people? Right. And that's yeah. how we got in business. That, that's it because there's times when we don't make money, but yet we employ a lot of people and they are able to pay their bills. And so that became our mission. So uh, because I don't fit the narrative, there's, they have no real use for me do you
0: think that's the reason why you and i get along with sean tevin you know jb you go down the list of people because i don't fit the narrative of what a white guy is supposed to be i mean that's
11: Mm -hmm. very true Well, remember we talked yesterday about what i figured out our secret was (laughs) 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 what was was your secret not for radio consumption (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no! Oh, I don't. I don't. The secret. No, oh, I, no I get they,
9: it. Hold on. No, now we it. don't fit on this side. No, no. no hold, on, hold on.
11: We we have all had a personal experience with lack of fathers in the home. Absolutely correct. And so, yes. and, and so that, and and that in our youth, and filling that gap, has created us into a different type of man. I there's yeah. no question I about agree.
9: that. Or well, having having. Males in the house that weren't full functioning males. Right, 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 there, right, 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 no, that's, that's right. right. are not really there. Right.
11: right, right, right. And then we filled in that gap. Exactly. We filled in that gap in a way that it was long before our puberty. <laughs> like yes. long before our puberty. No we, doubt about it. We were, we were the, we were the father figures in our homes. We, we were the protective figures in our homes. And so that's that's our unifying thing. The one thing that I wanted to bring up in, in your comment, first off, is this: is what we're seeing in the Star Tribune. What we're seeing right now is the laziest way to help. Yeah, oh, no, that's very true. Very good. <laughs> and um, and when, when you're young, or when, when you're young, you are hazed in every aspect of life oh, yeah. uh, in school, in relationships, everywhere. And what I didn't know when I was young is that the hazing doesn't stop when you're an adult. And so when you were hazed when you were um, on the football team, you were hazed when you were a stockbroker and you're hazed being the only black guy on your block. And this, this, is what, this is what life is, is a series of hazing. But oddly, some people, there's a stage where we just thought it would end.
5: Mm-hmm. Well,
11: and so every day, Tom, mm-hmm. you get on the air, you're like, what's wrong with these people? How come these people aren't listening to me? Hey, what's up with the world? <laughs> and it's just like, hey, look, you're just at a different stage of the hazing. <laughs> like yeah. like whether you're on top or you're on bottom, get used to the haters. That's so you
0: point. think it's, it, it has to do with, and you, Rashawn and I talked about this last night. We talked for quite some time. And I told him that when my father was taken away, um, that I... I well, that time, because it would happen more than once. <clears throat> but anyway, I uh, was 10 years old, and my brother was in Vietnam, and my father was in the hospital. And I went downstairs and slept in a chair by the front door for a long time. I was only 10 years old, but I was the oldest bail in the house. And Rashawn and I talked about the fact that You know, if anybody comes through the door, I'm going to have to take care of them. There's nobody else here to do it. Everybody else is younger than me, so I just have to do it. And the one thing that did for me, I think, is gave me an edge because if anybody thinks I'm going to be afraid of them, they need to sit in that chair next to that 10-year-old kid. That was scared, man.
11: You're not going to ever scare me with it. Nothing (laughs) is ever going to be that scary. And you know what story I love that you told me was when your son's friend— or your son came came home from school and complained about you know mm-hmm. One of his friend's parents not liking your show, right? And you saying, "Hey, I'm going to go beat up that
10: <laughs> that parent." <laughs> kind oh of exactly. and, and,
11: and, and but but then you, <laughs> 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 my
10: daughter, going, what, typical
11: dad. You're going to like, right? Right? You will like me. <laughs> no, no, no. But there's a point in time where you're you. There's a stage in life where you're the Flintstone, and you you feel you have to bam everybody against the head who's coming at you, and that's a. That's that's a street attitude. That's un- that because I look like Fred Flintstone? Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> <laughs>
9: he just goes, no, but, no, no. But, but you're but not the that only that one that went through that. Or, I had to do the same thing. Yeah, right. right. Well, exactly. The same thing. Kid harassing my kid, and, and I, I went to the dad and said, "I'll, I'll beat you." <laughs> exactly. I'm not proud that's of that moment, but I was like, "I'll
5: beat you." That <laughs> so is what you're you not do. gonna
9: control your kid, then maybe you and I should settle right. this.
11: So my oldest kid, it was the first day of school. I I I followed the school bus, right? I let I put her on the bus. I followed the school bus oh, to the bus stop. She got funny. off the bus and she's just like, oh, somebody stole my toys. Somebody took my toys on the bus. So then I call the teacher, and the teacher's just like, well, why did you bring the toys? I'm just like, it's the first day of school, and it's like she why wanted to bring did her you toys. Bring the toys. Right, right, right. You so you know what it you know what I did happen. on the second day of when the school bus stopped. I got on the bus, I and I sick. said, which one of you kids stole my kid's toys? Ooh, I like <laughs> and, and No they, wonder uh, we all get along. And, 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 the, and the kid just went to the back of the bus and opened up a
9: backpack oh, and brought, the, kid, there the, you brought, go. brought the toys back. I would call <laughs> you a bully. Uh, really? Yeah. I would call
11: I my I call
5: myself
11: a bully. But bullying is when I'm saying, give me your toy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Being right. protective is what I'm That's saying, right. give me my toy back. Uh,
9: OJ okay, got nine years for that. It's official.
11: Give me my toy back.
0: We'll be right back. <laughs> Tom Bernard here with my friend John Schwartz, co-owner of AAA Movers, a family-owned part of the Metro since 1964. John, first off, when it comes to moving, not all companies are created equal. What are some of the scary stories you hear about
3: other guys? Tommy, if you hire Chuck in a truck, you unfortunately are going to get Chuck service. AAA Movers makes it our mission to guarantee satisfaction with every step of what can often be a stressful time in your life, moving. We move ten to 12,000 families every year, so from your price quote to the professional and respectful way we handle your life's possessions, we'll make your move easy. I like easy. By the way, this month, if you mention Tom Bernard or KQ, you'll get a free moving box kit with every move, and you'll save 50 bucks off with junk removal with Junk Luggers.
0: Your move is always triple guaranteed with AAA Movers. That's their price guarantee, safety guarantee, and satisfaction guarantee. Call 612-588-MOVE or online at aaamovers.com. AAA Movers, you may not move every day, but they do. We're having too much fun (laughs) with this. We are having too much fun with this, there's no question about it. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, you are right. You've never heard a radio show like this one ever
10: before. (laughs) Probably never hear one like this again. Yeah. Uh,
5: Yeah.
10: It's
9: completely unplugged. (laughs) It is completely unplugged. It's totally honest. So I had a question for you, Uh, Yes, sir. Tom, Uh, when did you start working?
0: 11 years old. I was a janitor at dietine, which is now zero res building over oh, just uh, off Highway 100. Oh, hence the promotion.
12: Oh, really? It's zero res?
5: Hence <laughs> <now? laughs> <That laughs> no.
0: the promotion. <laughs> hence <laughs> the promotion. Yeah, dietine. I was 11 years old. So, did you wow. get fired from that job, or did you? <laughs> I've been fired from every job I've ever had on, and you know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the longest I've ever had a radio job before this one, it's been 35 years on this one, right? The longest radio job I ever held before, that was nine months, because I kept getting fired. <laughs>
9: oh, uh, when did you start working, Rashad?
11: Oh, um, oy, when I was 10, I had my, right. my corner lemonade stand. There you go. You know, and mm-hmm. I was making good money at that. You know, what I wanted, I could buy. Snacks for snacks days. Right, right, right. And then uh, <laughs> when, I was, uh, when I was 13... Um, I was selling video games, comic books, um, out about, of my backpack. How about paper? No, I never had a paper route. I was selling... I never did. I was selling, from school. Uh-huh. School. Uh, what do you mean? In high school? Yeah. Oh, that, that was, that was <laughs> different. He's, he's oh, asking... Oh, wait a He's bit. asking about <laughs> this. All right, Sonic. No, Sonic. No, 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 no. Listen to this scam. No, no, never no. Had. no, no, no like okay. High school. Deal sell right? <laughs> no, no. It's north,
5: north. 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 Okay, okay so... Scam. Listen to this uh, scam. Okay, so here.
11: If I give you the whole, the whole setup is this. Here I am at North High. We figured out how to hack the computer lab. We're playing Doom when the teacher isn't there. Um, The lookout isn't looking out. We get caught. Um, He then makes us the computer tech. Cal Entinger, greatest guy ever. All right, He let me run the computer lab. But in running it, you're still hacking. So then we figured out that we could, A, print out all the paper in different high schools. So we're printing out the anarchist cookbook in Edison High School, um, like having the printer run out of paper, but then on top of that, we would have like oh a, 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 like we we were asked to deliver paper to teachers, and we would always siphon off, you know, some paper and then the we have it in the, the locker. We'd have we'd have lockers full of paper. Then when the teachers ran out of paper, we'd, we'd
0: sell the paper back
8: out. to them. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I,
11: oh,
0: I love it. That's yeah, a, uh, a great, a great story. That's amazing. <laughs> Major crimes at the, eleven years old. That, yeah, yeah, uh, that was high school. And at, well, thir- was high school uh, at
11: thirteen, I I went to a, an after school program in North. At North Commons. Mm-hmm. And I went through official business training called N- from NIFTY, National Foundation for Teaching Entrepreneurship. And I won Young Entrepreneur of the Year for, for Minnesota and then for the United States of America. And I got got to go to New York, and um, um, our president paid for my hotel room. And really? Stay. <laughs> yeah. oh, man.
9: Did you... What was your thesis? Was it uh, the was it was selling the paper? No, no. It was selling the paper and making the profit. I mean, the profit was there, like, hey, it's got one hundred
11: percent
10: profit. <laughs> I said, Mar- yeah, margins are good on that. Yeah.
9: Yeah, now, no, why do I feel like we're going to hit a void when we ask Tevin? When did you start working? Um, I think my first job last was like 14 years old. Okay, okay. I see, I see how Softy. this
10: show's going. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, my, uh, I think I wanted like a PlayStation when I was younger. My mom was uh, like, "Yeah, you have no. to have a job if we're going to pay for no. your stuff." And so I was a busboy, big afro at Arden Hills 394 in Lexington. Yeah, my first yeah, job. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Big yep. afro. Had a huge. People used to take pictures with it. I know like, you cut your hair again. Pulled, uh, don't worry about it. I'm not dreading out my barber. I had to get a haircut. They,
5: uh, <laughs> ah,
9: I've been
12: giving oh. my family haircuts I can out of our house. She
9: would oh, not <laughs> me. Not
12: him. No, my mom, had, did,
9: that. Dog, dog mom did that. Your mom did that? Class the blame. She, yeah, exactly. I didn't do
12: it. I did anyway, my kids and So dance. what
9: age was that? I was like
10: 14, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. My mom was the general manager of the restaurant, so I got in there. I, had to, I would have to ride down because she had to open the store. So I'd what be restaurant? there like... It was Perkins, 494, oh, I know exactly. yeah. I used to live up there. And so I used to have to ride down with her because her shift would start at like four in the morning. We lived an hour away. So I would play like, so we'd, if I had a football game or something, sleep in the car till 8 a.m. when I went in and started my shift and then wait for her to get done and, and come home. It was like every weekend we're going down there. So wow. it wasn't. A hardship. I wasn't stealing paper from teachers or anything like that, but it was a noble it was a noble start. To, Somebody else stole it. Oh uh, you stole it. Okay. Somebody I else
11: stole it. it. I it. it. You okay. 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 Yeah, okay. Whatever. There's
9: a statute of limitations on that. Big distinction. Big distinction. Well, I I, I asked the question. Uh, I started working about seven years old, shiny seven. shoes at oh, the yeah. local barbershop and you know, go pick up shoes and get paid. You know, quarter to shine them and things like that. Mowing lawns, washing windows, running numbers.
5: Detroit <laughs> <laughs> <Great> numbers,
9: <laughs> <laughs> running numbers. Uh, he say, go pick the, go over to such and such. He got something for you. So I go pick out, and it was like two dollars and some numbers, two dollars and some numbers, and, and then that that's how I I got started. And then uh, you know, after that, uh, I always worked. I was just I was a grinder. To, and I used to have to pay rent when I was a little. Me that too. I, pay, I would make 40 I remember I made $40 <coughs> on, the, on a Saturday because that was the big shoe-shining day. $40, I would go home. My mother would say, okay, let's see what you got. I know She would take, I don't know, 30, 20 or $30, leave me just enough to make it the, to the next Saturday. But I didn't care because that's right. how we operated. Right. We all pitched right, right, in, and it was great. It, 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 it taught me the value of working. And that's my whole point, is that Mm -hmm. each one of us sitting here, except for maybe Tom's kids, understand... Right. <laughs>
1: we mean made the town.
9: No, it's yes, definitely you know, right. it's understand t- the value of like getting out and grinding it. <laughs> oh my god.
5: <laughs> that's I had my why I my first job ask them when I was 11. Right. I didn't want them to say
9: I've never worked. What just asked?
5: I was
12: 11 when I had my
5: first job. job. Okay,
12: I'm
10: sorry, I need to be more. I cleaned horse stalls. Co-hosting the podcast. Horse I cleaned
12: stalls. I cleaned up horse poop and pee.
11: You turned your kids into in the wasps.
0: No, nah, that was my wife that did that. <laughs> so Andy, Andy Levin, didn't we can't work be
3: wasps for, for. Andy Catholic. didn't work.
10: I love how you point <laughs> him out.
3: Andy <laughs> didn't work Don't until he
5: was moms. much older. She <laughs>
3: hasn't had it. Yet. White so worked. I work for Tino <laughs> at the uh, State
9: Fair.
12: Yeah, that's not a job. That, that was a. job, it was a but job. for ten days. What?
9: Ten. days. Like, yeah. that's that's a stretch. Like, that's if more kid, than I thought.
5: If you got <laughs> a big out. you got White people.
12: I got. Yeah, I cleaned I cleaned stalls at. Well, my my mom, she I wanted these like ridiculously expensive pair of jeans, and she was you? like, yeah. Yeah, "You? Yeah." <laughs> I'm a reformed ridiculous amount of money spending on clothes person. I yes. don't do that anymore. Yeah,
5: you sure
7: mm-hmm. I so buy much. pre-owned clothes. <laughs> Pre-pre-owned. I do. I buy
12: consignment clothes. I
7: think
9: it's hey, hilarious. My wife does too. It's good she for buys the environment. Clothes. Yeah. yeah. It's good for the pocketbook.
12: Also yeah. that, but yeah, I wanted expensive jeans, and she was like, "Well." get some money and so i clean the stalls i clean the stalls at our barn and then i rode horses at a different barn and they paid me to do that and i cleaned the barn and then i babysat and that's,
9: that's the troubling part our barn Right. Oh, no, no.
11: No, no, you know what? Hold on, the solution is just,
9: has just... playoff. <laughs> off!
11: Oh, oh,
9: I get it. Everybody whoa. else was tricky.
1: Oh, except for... Us. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. No, no but I, just, I just heard
11: the solution that the Star Tribune needs to have. But actually, this brings up another story, which I'll talk about in a second. But here it is. It's the kids' success section. What do kids need to do? They think that if you just go to school, that you'll so, succeed. Yep, if you're yep, just no. go, and it's not just great. It's great not just cool. But what's the problem? It's illegal to do everything that we just talked about. <laughs> now you oh, child have, labor. Right. Oh right. so you have to have a a that's license true. Yeah. to sell lemonade. You 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 you've gotta be you gotta have a license to be a numbers man now. You've got to have yeah.
5: true. Wow. And,
9: the lottery. Yeah. Right,
11: right. You you have to you can't if if Child Protective Services heard that you were in the car for two hours um back and right. forth they would take you from your mother like everything that we just talked about is now illegal
0: God. yeah it is you right it's illegal yeah. you can't do that why did they do that because it i mean obviously you're not going to go to work in some
11: cigar factory at 11 years old like the old days but because one one child was clearly extremely hurt oh, in man. all of these situations yeah. that and so then you know, it why, became why, the rule for right, right. Yeah. Why don't we yeah. have onesies anymore? Okay, when when I was a kid, there was this large onesie that you zipped up, and then some senator's kid caught a, it caught on fire, and the kid got third degree burns. Then they got rid of them for several decades.
12: Mm-hmm. Well, and now a lot of child's clothing is treated with fire retardants, right? But
5: before that, you know, which like, is
12: actually horrible. Is it? Yeah, it's really oh, bad yeah, for yeah. your health. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's gonna do it. We'll talk to you on Monday with the family. <laughs>